Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've let me come right to where you are today. And not just me, today I'm here with Denise. Hey, sweetheart. Hi, Rick. I'm glad to be on this program. Denise, today we're going to talk about powerful women. And this week we've already covered Eve, who was a perfect woman who made a mistake, but God redeemed it. And if you feel like you have made a mistake, God can redeem any situation. Then yesterday we talked about the nameless woman who changed history. Who was that, Denise? That was Noah's wife. She's my hero. She is truly a remarkable she, woman. She's a hero. We don't even know her name, <laughs> but she stood by her husband. Imagine the assignment that was given to Noah, and I'm sure that Noah had a few bad days while he was fulfilling that assignment. He had a, he had a wife that was by his side. We don't even know her name, but she had a choice. She could help him or she could hinder him, and she got behind him, and not just her, their sons' wives, and we also don't know their names. Nope. But all those women that are unnamed yes. got behind their husbands, and they became the progenitors of the current human race. That <laughs> is so powerful. And wait <laughs> until you hear about the woman we're going to look at today. Now, somebody might say, well, why aren't you talking about men? I'm going to. We're going to get to that. But this series is about 10 powerful women. And we want you to order the entire series. It's by me and Denise. It comes in multiple formats. It is just so rich. Denise, when I sat down to prepare these programs, I did not anticipate such richness in this series. It is just powerful. And it comes with a study guide. And I love my study guides. We put so much work into these study guides. So please go to our website and order your copy of this today or give us a call. And right now we're also offering you a book called All the Women of the Bible. Denise, this book from the first page to the last page covers 400 women in the Bible, many of them named, some of them unnamed, who really played significant roles. Well, I want to read that book. Think how many women. We don't know their names, but they're playing such significant roles in their families, oh. in their lives, in the nation, in the church. Women, God has a place for you. And I want you to get this book called all the women of the Bible, what women of the Bible teach us today. And when you become a partner, now Denise, sometimes people say, well, what's a partner? A partner really is a partner. That's someone who financially gives to our ministry. I say they put fuel in the tank so we can take this teaching to people all over the world. The gospel's free. Television is not free. It takes money to take this program around the world. And honey, there are people all over the world watching this program because they're looking for teaching that they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says the lips of the righteous feed many. And you know, I believe that's my assignment to feed many. But to do it, we have to have people who put fuel in the tank and that is our partners. You really are helping us do this. And one day when we stand before Jesus and we're all rewarded for what we did, you will be rewarded for your partnership with our ministry because right from where you are, you caused the Word of God to go into someone's space that really needed it. That's the power of being a partner. And you become a partner by going online or by giving us a call. And the moment you become a part of our partner family, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. It may look small. Hey, dynamite can come in small packages. And this is 
Dynamite. And we're also going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone because it's dedicated to our partners. I'm not prophesying a combat zone. You're probably already in some kind of a challenge. I want to help you get through it. That's why the subtitle says How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And right now, we're offering you at a really amazing discount on our website store our new autobiography. Denise, look at it. I know, Rick. We've waited years. Years. <laughs> but it's the story of unlikely how God used two people that were very unlikely to be used. And Denise, it's not just a story. This book is filled with teaching about how to do the unlikely. And it encourages others in their situation that no matter what it is, God can use you. Actually, when I wrote this, every day I said, God, please help people realize that if you can use Rick and Denise Renner, you can use anybody. You may feel unlikely. You're the one. You're the one he's looking for. And that's why we want you to order this unlikely, our faith-filled journey to the ends of the earth. But remember also that we would love to pray for you. We believe in prayer in this ministry. If you've ever called us, you already know you meet a happy voice that is ready to put their faith together with you. Or send us an email. And the moment it shows up in the inbox, we're going to begin to pray for you. But we'll be back in just a moment. And today we're going to talk to you about an amazing woman who had great influence. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Today, I have asked Denise to be with me and tomorrow and Friday and next week because we're talking about powerful women. And Denise, is a powerful woman who has supported me all of these years. And Denise, it is amazing to me that you have stood by me, you have followed me, even when God has spoken to me, but he didn't speak to you, you have gotten behind me as we have followed the Lord together. And that's what we're going to see in the scripture today. A woman who learned to follow her husband, but she began as a very, very difficult woman. But in the end, she was a princess. Well, you know, and Rick, sometimes it's not so easy to follow somebody, but that doesn't matter because God still instructs women to support their husbands. Well, today we're going to see a great example in the book of Genesis. Today we're going to talk about Sarah, the griper that God turned into a Princess, Get your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. But let's begin by talking about Abram and Sarai before God changed them both. They lived in Ur of the Chaldees, and they were very rich, and they lived a life of luxury before they met God. But one day, Abram had an encounter with God. We read about it in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen is preaching and he says the God of glory appeared to Abraham. That word glory describes a manifestation of glory that enveloped him. Suddenly he found himself in a cloud of glory. And in Galatians chapter 3, the Bible tells us on that day, out of that glory, he heard the booming voice of God that preached the gospel to him. Abram was the first person to hear the gospel. That is amazing to me. But he met God that day and he was transformed 
but his wife did not. She was not there. So when he came home that day, he was still married to his wife, but spiritually in one moment, they became unequally yoked. Think about how many spouses get saved, but they have an unsaved spouse. Well, that's exactly what happened with Abram and Sarah. He was saved. He had met God, but his wife did not meet God. And Abram announced that they would be leaving their home, leaving their palace, leaving their comfort, leaving their luxury to follow a God that his wife did not know. You have to understand the name Sarai, that was her original name, means complainer or griper. And it describes a very, very unpleasant person. And that was her character before God changed her. Though she was outwardly very, very beautifully, inwardly, she was a very ugly individual. Her behavior was ugly. She was unsupportive. We read through the book of Genesis and find she was very sarcastic, even with God. I'm going to show that to you in just a moment. But in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God spoke to Abram and said, Get thee out of thy country and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. But you have to remember, God said it to Abram. He did not say it to Sarai. And it's likely that she said, What God spoke to you? He said, What? We're going to do what? We're going to go where? You're taking me from my home. God didn't speak to me. I'm not going. Now, why do I think she said that? Because in Genesis 12, verse 5, it says, And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, which implies she did not willingly accompany him. He took her. Get on the camel. We're moving. It indicates she was not very cooperative. There might have been a big fight. He might have taken her against her will, but Genesis 12 verse 5 says he took her. Now, there may be reasons why she was uncooperative. If you look at the story of Abraham, even after he met God, he was a man who made a lot of mistakes. It might have been difficult to follow him. For example, he committed adultery. He slept with Hagar. He asked Sarai to sleep with the Egyptian Pharaoh. He went to Egypt instead of staying in the land of promise. He slept with Hagar. He became the father of Ishmael, which created very serious family problems. And the list goes on and on and on. In fact, he made so many mistakes that finally God appeared to him in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And the Bible says when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect let me paraphrase, quit messing up. I have called you. I've placed my hand on you. Get it straight. It's time for all these mistakes to end. Well, if God saw the mistakes, I would assume that Sarai saw the mistakes as well. And it may have been difficult for her to trust his leadership. But she also was no joy. Remember her name, Sarah, means complainer, griper. It describes a very unpleasant person. She complained all the time. She was hard to get along with. She was a fighter. She was difficult every step of the way. She laughed and even was sarcastic, Denise, with God. And we read about that in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9, where the Bible says, 
And they, the angels, said unto Abraham, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, she's in the tent. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind them, which means she was eavesdropping. This was an eavesdropping wife. Look at verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxen old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Verse 13, and the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I of a surety shall bear a son which am old. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return to thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And in verse 15, then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. She said, I didn't. He said, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. She was arguing with the Lord and she sarcastically laughed when God spoke to Abram. Now, let me ask you, if she laughed at God and was sarcastic with the Lord, what do you think are the chances that she may have been a little snide and a little sarcastic with her husband. Remember her name Sarai, meant complainer, griper, a very unpleasant person. But then something happened that changed it all. She had an experience with God. And when she finally met God, it changed her behavior to such an extent that God changed her name. She was no longer Sarai, which means complainer, griper, but God changed her name to Sarah, which means princess. <laughs> the complainer and the griper became a princess. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Those are polar opposites. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that it was easy to be transformed. It took place over time, but Sarah learned to submit to Abraham and to respect him. Abraham was probably, as I've told you, a very difficult person to follow because he had made so many mistakes in his life up until that time. And men, I want to say something to you. We need to do everything we can to make it easy for our wives to follow us. I understand why some wives don't want to follow their husbands. They have seen him do crazy things, unstable things, start things, not finish things, miss it here, miss it there. And then when he says they're going to do something new, her heart is filled with trepidation because she's heard this before. We need to be solid. We need to be stable. We need to be very godly in the way that we lead. It makes it easier for our wives to follow us. But women, listen, you need to understand you may not be easy to lead. And probably Sarah was not very easy to lead because by nature she was a complainer. She was a griper. She was a very unpleasant person. What do you mean we're going to do this? What do you mean we're going to do that? I'm not going to do that. Abraham had to take her. She probably wasn't the easiest person to lead. But Abram was her husband, and that was the responsibility that God gave to him. And she was his wife, and that meant she had a responsibility to follow. And together, 
over time, they became the mother and the father of faith. They were never perfect, but they became the mother and father of faith. And they are described hysterically in Isaiah chapter 51, verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says, Look unto the rock from which you are hewn. It's talking about Abraham. Look to the hole of the pit where you are digged. It's talking about Sarah. Look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bear you. And in these verses, Abraham is called a rock, immovable, difficult to deal with. Sarah is called a pit. Would you want to be called a pit? It's not a good picture. But over time, they learned to walk together and together they became the mother and the father of faith. You know, Rick, I think this picture gives a lot of hope to all marriages because sometimes people want to give up. And in difficulties, it's not time to give up because you can see here, as Rick has so beautifully said, Abraham has had his problems. Sarah had her problems. But what God did in both of them was amazing, bringing them together. What a powerful team they were. Peter refers to it in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3 where he's speaking to women. And Peter says, talking to them about how to be beautiful to their husbands. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning or plaiting of the hair and wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. There's nothing wrong with fixing your hair or wearing clothes or makeup. That's not what he's saying. He explains himself in verse 4. If you're going to really put your time and effort into something, he says in verse 4, let it be the hidden man of the heart. Your heart is what makes you most attractive. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The word meek is a Greek word which describes a very strong-willed person that has learned how to bring it under control. The word quiet really means controlled. He's describing strong-willed women that have learned to control themselves. And then he says in verse 5, For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their husbands, which means they've made themselves beautiful to their husbands because of their attitude toward them. And then he gives us a concrete example in verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. But notice it says Sarah obeyed Abraham. The word obeyed, the Greek word hupaku, it's a compound of two words. The word hupo means to be under. The word akuo means I hear. It's where you get the word for acoustics. When you compound the two words together, it means to come under one's authority, to open the heart and the ears to hear and to follow what is being communicated. And the Bible says she called him Lord, the Greek word kurios, which means supreme master. She really came to a moment when she learned to submit to him as God's authority in her life. Rick, I think the real clue here is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, and it says, who trusted in God? That's, that's the power, ladies, is not, not looking to your husband, but looking to God. And if you trust in God, if you look to God and you submit to your husband or you obey him in, in difficult times or you keep trusting him and maybe he's messing up, but you keep trusting him. You're not trusting him because of him. 
You're trusting him because of God. Well, let's use the example of Sarah. If she looked at Abraham, <laughs> she would have said, I cannot follow this man. Mm-hmm. So she had to put her eyes on the Lord <clears throat> and say, Lord, I'm trusting that you are working in our lives Yes. I don't totally understand everything this man does, but I trust that you are in control. And the truth is, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, the only way you can be submitted to any kind of authority is if you've got your eyes on the Lord, whether it's a woman being in submission to her husband, whether it's a child being in submission to their parents or you being in submission to your pastor or obeying your boss. You've got to get your eyes off of that authority and say, God, I believe that you're in charge of my life and you are working. And that's why the verse says they adorn themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, trusting in God. Sarah learned to get her eyes off of Abraham. God changed her and God turned that griper into a princess. And Rick, that trusting in God That brings an adornment on women. Oh, it does. A beautiful adornment. Well, I have to ask the question, if you're a woman today and you're listening to our program, are you a Sarai who is a complainer, a griper, and a very unpleasant person? Or are you a Sarah? Are you a princess to your husband and in your home? Does your husband see you as a fighter who fights him every step along the way? Or does he see you as a princess? who supports him in life. While you think it's hard to trust and to follow your husband, is it easy for your husband to lead you or your boss or whoever it is that you're in submission to? What kind of a follower are you? What kind of attitude do you demonstrate? God wants all of us to be princes and princesses, not complainers and gripers and unpleasant people. We need God to do a work in our heart He will transform our character. And Sarah is the story of a griper that God turned into a princess. It doesn't mean she did everything right because she did not. But she was very transformed enough that God changed her name to princess. And she had great influence and she had great power in the life of her husband and in the life of her family. And she became the mother of faith. That is amazing. We'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be. 
and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. My friend, our ministry is really growing. We're reaching people all over the world that are tuning in because they feel like they have found teaching they can trust. And what an honor that God would ask us to bring teaching of the Bible into people's homes. I'm really praying for a revival of the Bible in the hearts of God's people. And God's people are responding. They're calling, they're writing, they're reaching out to us. And dear friend, this program is not about us. It's about you. It's about the people that we are reaching. And because we want to reach them and minister to them in the very best way, we need to expand. We are bursting at the seams. Our office building in Tulsa has become totally insufficient. We're having to put all of our resources and materials in containers because we have no more room in our building. And we just found a building that would perfectly meet our needs and it's fully furnished. And at the same time, we're building a new TV studio in Moscow because this studio is just inadequate for what we need to do. If you can imagine, we're filming five to seven daily programs in this studio. We have run out of space. It's time for us to expand a new building in America, a new studio in Moscow, and reach around the world with teaching that people can trust that will change their lives. And we need your help. Would you please pray about giving into this project to become a part of this, to help us expand so that we can do a better job of taking care of the people that God has sent to us. Wow, you can really make a difference in someone else's life by participating in this expansion project. And if it's in your heart to say, yes, I want to be a part of that, you can find out more by going online or give us a call right now. Well, Denise and I have had a great time talking to you today about a woman that God radically changed. Denise, it's amazing. I know, from a griper to a princess. And God wants to do that in every woman's life. <laughs> Actually, God wants to change men. He wants to change women. It doesn't matter what you are. God can give you a character change. But we're talking about 10 powerful women in the Bible that God used or that were so evil that we need to know what they did that was wrong. They are in the Bible for a reason. And I want you to order this 10-part series that comes with a study guide. You will devour it and you'll want to share it with someone else. And we're also offering you right now the book, which is called All the Women of the Bible, What Women of the Bible Teach Us Today. Get this? You can get all these things online or give us a call. And hey, remember that when you reach out to us, we want to know how to pray for you. We are a ministry that really believes in prayer. And when you call us, 
or when you send us an email, the moment we hear from you, our team and me and Denise, we go to work praying for you, believing for God to do something wonderful in your life. And please remember that right now we're also offering you our autobiography brand new. It'll be out in October. And from now until October, it's being offered on our website store at a radical discount. It's called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. But Denise, let's pray. Okay. Father, we thank you that you have the ability to change our character. You can take a griper and a complainer and turn that individual into a prince or a princess. Oh, thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. We ask you to change us all and make us what we need to be to be a blessing to somebody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.